0: once again thank you for tuning in end time insights we are so honored to bring these to you today i want to talk to you about pushback we're starting to hear that word and i heard it in church yesterday it was great our pastor came out jack c pigeon at west houston christian center and he just said you know enough is enough it's time for the church to start pushing back i loved it i loved it i loved it i loved it we went to the uh, senatorial district convention last weekend And we went to a church, and that church didn't close down either. They stayed open. They were never singled out. They weren't harassed about anything, and we love it. So there's a lot more churches that are up and running and not intimidated. And We're just excited that the church I attend is ready to start pushing back. Enough is enough. And I made the analogy. It's like uh, the church is out there in the ocean, and we're like in our boat. We've got a, a boat, and we're on patrol in the ocean. And what happened during the virus deception, uh, yes, people died. Yes, the virus is real, but they really played it to a hilt, and they were able to make great inroads in robbing us of our freedoms. And what happened was, like on that boat, we took a broadside. We didn't see it coming. We weren't watchful like we should have been. That was our purpose out there. And we took a big hit. And so we had to go back into port. We limped back in, and basically we got patched up. And now we've got new steel in our hull. We've got new armament. We've got weapons, and we're heading back out to sea. You know, we had, like, a submarine come in, and a stealth attack took us out of action. But we weren't really watching. We were out there. We were playing shuffleboard like these cruises. We were out there. We were jumping and swimming and all that good stuff. And the church now, I think, hopefully is aware of our assignment that we need to start taking care of business here. And what I want to do today is I want to kind of identify areas that will tell us how this is an assignment for the church. You know, President Trump can't do this alone. I must say that every week, and we've got some good people in Congress like Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, Louis Gohmert, from Texas, and uh, Dan Cranshaw does a wonderful job. But we really need to see, okay, where does the church fit in? How can the church? Help. You know, what is our assignment in this? Do we have an assignment in this? What are we anointed to do regarding what's happened to our nation? And so I put something together. You know, Steve Holtz, he is great. He's local. And he, uh Holtz, he well in the center. Give him a free plug. But he's also a political activist and he's been around for decades and he's been keeping us abreast. He's been writing some posts and he's got some groups out there that are doing what we can And he just put it together about a one-page summary of what's happened. And it was really neat. We've been passing it around. And yet in that summary, he identifies five spirits that I caught that have really been manifested during this time of crisis. And so we look at it, and one of the tactics that these people have used was fear. They created a virus, and they scared us. They exaggerated the power of the virus, the number of people that had died, they had gone ahead and they shut things down to create destruction. They lied about everything that they could. Nothing they told us was the truth. The number of people that died is changing every day down. The way that it transmits was a lie. It turned out that it was a man-made disease. And this has produced lawlessness along with what's happened with the murder of Mr. Floyd up in Minnesota, So, and now there's a spirit of lawlessness that has nothing to do with his murder, but it's all tied in together. And we wanted to identify the spirits behind it because supposedly spiritual, that is the realm in which the church has dominion. So let's identify these spirits first and foremost, because these are the enemies. They're enemies of America, but they are enemies of righteousness. And this is where we can help recover what's been taken from us in America. The first spirit that I wanted to talk about was the spirit of fear, and you know that. If people are walking around with masks in public. We see them driving. with their, They're alone in their cars, and they got the mask on. You know, that, Outside of idiocy, that is fear. That is fear that's making them do that, and that needs to be challenged, and we need to see if the church has authority, if the church has power in that realm. It kept us home from our businesses, it closed businesses, it kept us from going out to eat with our families, it kept us from going to church, it kept us from so many things, from the parks, from the gyms, from the bars, the restaurants, sports, no dating, no touching, masks on people, we dehumanized people, you know, we closed temples, we created a vacuum where this fear could operate unchallenged. To me, that's a task for the church, we'll research that in a minute. Death. People died. That's a spirit of murder. Governor Cuomo blaming Trump, and it was Cuomo who sent these people directly into the nursing homes and the memory care facilities, and it resulted in deaths that need not happen. That's a spirit of murder. That's something where the church has jurisdiction. The lies, we know that. The Bible talks about the fact that Uh, we hate the people we lie to, that lies destroy people. Lies are destructive. Once again, that's an area where the church needs to exercise dominion. And all of that produced destruction. We've destroyed the economy. We've destroyed businesses. I mean, we've destroyed restaurants. They say 20% of the restaurants are never going to open again. And now you see Black Lives Matter and the Antifa group out there way past the murder of Mr. Floyd now. They're just destroying for the sake of destroying. And the church needs to recognize. I saw the other day they attacked the Alamo. Well, they tried. Some great patriots stood in their way and said, no, you don't. That is the mindset. That is the valor. That is the courage that we need to show in the church in the realm of the spirit. And lastly, of course, the lawlessness. And the Bible has much to say about lawlessness. It talks about the fact that Let me give you a scripture for that, Second Thessalonians 2 and 3 in the Amplified Version. Let no one deceive you or beguile you in any way, for the day of the manifestation of the man of lawlessness will not come except the apostasy comes first, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come, and the man of lawlessness, the man of sin, is revealed, who is the son of doom, the son of perdition." Lawlessness is rampant in America today as the result of cold-hearted churches, and it's already at work. By now, it should be clear that all of this is a direct assault upon America. And I love the way Dave Guzik, a Bible commentator, writes that he goes, you are in a spiritual battle. If you are ignorant of that fact, or if you ignore that fact, you probably aren't winning the battle. But be it made known, you are in a battle. And that's the position the church finds itself in. We are in a battle, but we have not done anything about it. Churches don't preach about your spiritual weaponry. They don't preach about the fact that you have authority. They don't preach about the fact that you are a spirit bearing. So I want to give you a couple of scriptures I want to focus in on this because it's so important. The number one way, in my opinion, that we are going to be able to push back against the enemy is by warning the nation, warning the church. And a scripture in that is uh, Jeremiah 9, verses 3 through 6. And they, or God's children, they bend their tongues like the bow for lies. They are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Lord. You cannot claim to know God and not be a spiritual person, that means you're not reading your Bible. You cannot be that type of Christian and be able to engage effectively for defense of the church, for defense of the truth, for defense of America, and and say that I know God. You cannot do this without knowing God. The good news version of that is really good. Jeremiah 9, verses 3 through 6. Let everyone take heed of his neighbor and trust you not in any brother, for every brother will use deceit and every friend will deal deceitfully. And they will deceive everyone, his neighbor, and they will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies. Wow, America is definitely strong in that area. They have taught their tongue to speak lies and they weary themselves to commit iniquity. We are sinning so much it's wearing us down, is what that's saying. Your habitation is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, saith the Lord. And the media has excelled at this, and that's what's happened uh, between the false preachers and the media. There's a lack of truth in the pulpit. There's a lack of truth in America. We are living in an area of deceit. The environment in which we see the church entering into the fray is one of deceit. And we must do something about it. Verse 6, thine habitation is in the midst of deceit. They have trained their tongues to tell lies. And through deceit, they refuse to know me. We have got to combat these lies. We have got to replace the lies with the truth. Jeremiah is describing how bad it got in Israel. Lies and deception went unchallenged, and it eventually got to the point where the tongues of deceit, they had a life of their own. (laughs) I know. I know on the left, on on the media. They say whatever they want to say. There's no accountability. No one challenges them. It's like everything out of their mouth is a lie. I saw something the other day, Trump. Oh, Trump's lying count is up to 20,000, something like that. It just goes unchallenged. There's no fact. There's no documentation. It's false. And yet it's read and delivered from the news as truth. Jeremiah is describing how bad it got in Israel, lies and deception went unchallenged, and it eventually got to the point where the tongues of deceit had a life of their own. America is so close to this. The pulpit is built for truth and truth only. Once lies begin to start penetrating our pulpits, then it's all over. We are to be training our flock, God's sheep, to hear the truth, to respond to the truth, to recognize the truth, and to live by the truth the default position for humanity, unfortunately, is wickedness. So can the church come to the rescue? In this environment, as we begin to push back, what can the church do to recover some of the ground that we gave up to Satan? And don't forget, it's so much easier to defend ground than to take back ground. But that's the task set before us. Let's see what we can do. First, Ephesians 6.12, for we That's the church. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there you see it. And we talked about that quickly. There was the Alamo came under attack and a bunch of patriots came out and they defended it. That's their job. That was not spiritual. That was not a spiritual battle in the sense that the church has to battle. That was a carnal defense of the Alamo. And that was their job. They did great. Now it's the job of the church to deal with that on a spiritual plane. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the evidence that we have that calling is right there in Ephesians 6 for we the church we do not wrestle against flesh and blood like those patriots did but we wrestle against the principalities we wrestle against the powers we wrestle against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places that is the assignment that Paul gave to the church and in matter of fact he didn't even assign it all he did was make it a statement of fact this is what we do he didn't call us to arms he just said you are in the battle this is what you're supposed to be doing. We is the church. This isn't the politicians fight. This isn't Trump's fight. This is our fight. And we need to wake up to the fact, I praise God for a pastor like I had yesterday, other pastors throughout the city that are awakening to this fact that this is a task for the church. We need some other leaders who will no longer lead the sheep astray. That's been a big problem in Jeremiah's day. It was the uh, pastors that were leading the sheep astray. Let me give you a quick example. Jeremiah 50 verse 6, amplified classic translation. My people have been lost sheep, saith the Lord. Their shepherds have led them astray. They led them astray to their favorite places of idolatry, on mountains that seduced. Idolatry, that's referring to. They have gone from one sin to another, from one mountain to one hill, and they have forgotten their own resting place, All who found them have devoured them. When the church drifts, when the church is led astray from our place of safety, when we get out of the perfect will of God, the Bible says all... Who find us, devour us. That is such a dangerous place. The Bible talks about false teachers, and literally it says false teachers remove the saints from the place of safety. They put us in perilous times, and we have got to guard against that. That's why we warn everybody. And the Word warns us, and that's what we're going to use. We're going to use the Word of God to warn the people about the assault in a spiritual plane that's taking place on America. Psalm 19, verses 9 through 11. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they, the statutes, the commandments of God. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, much more than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by the statutes and the commandments of the word is your servant warned. And in the keeping of them, there is great reward. So I've established for you in this brief time that I've had that the assault upon America is spiritual. I've named the spirits behind it on five levels, the spirit of death, the spirit of murder, the spirit of lies, the spirit of destruction, and the spirit of lawlessness. This is an assignment for the church. Once more, God's warning his children. He's warning us today in America. Thank God for Franklin Graham. And unfortunately, as in Jeremiah, verse 6, the people, when they were warned, it says that they, the people that were sinning, the church, they were, the children of Israel, they were ashamed of their detestable conduct. No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush, says the Lord. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them, saith the Lord. Once more, God's warning his children. And what's their response? They have no delight in God's word. His word is offensive to them. The only thing left for God to do then is bring judgment upon them. And I won't go into it now, but we saw where Paul was warning against the, the false teachers in the church. And what's happened is the church has been taken out of action because of all the false preachers, because of the leaders leading us astray, not leading us down the paths of righteousness. But let's look at how the church is supposed to operate here because it's so great. Luke ten nineteen. here's the Lord. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Okay, so the step number one for the church is to warn America what's happening. Warn the body of Christ, warn the saints, and warn those out in the world. This is what's happening. It's a spiritual assault. Don't worry. The church is back on the scene. We're going to handle it. And the first step in doing that, after we warn them, is to recognize who we are in Christ Jesus. Luke 10, behold, this is in red in my Bible. Jesus is saying this. Behold, I give you, the church, power. Awesome. Okay, so we've got power. How do we use this power? What's it for? I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. These are demons in the realm of the spirit. And I give you power over all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So look at that. Look at that nothing shall by any means harm you. We've got power. We've got power in the realm of the spirit. I've just identified for you. Our fight is in the realm of the spirit. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. So we have a spiritual fight. Jesus says, I've given you power to fight in this. And look at this. I've given you power over all of the power of the enemy. The power I've given you is greater than the power the enemy has. So that should be encouraging for us. That should take away any fear. Basically, he's saying, you're going to win any battles that you fight. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And look at this. And nothing shall by any means harm you. Not only have I called you to fight a spiritual battle, not only have I given you weapons that are more powerful than the enemy's weapons, but I've also promised you that you will not get hurt in this battle. So what's the problem? Why are we delaying? Why has it taken us three months to realize we've got a battle to fight? Well... The good news is we're ready. We're coming out of the closet. We're pushing back. We've defined that we have the authority. Proverbs 28.1. Look at this. The wicked flee when no man pursues. Not the church fleeing, not the church going in the corner, but the wicked flees when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Wow. Wow the righteous are bold as a lion father god this is your word i put that together with the fact that we've got power to tread on serpents and scorpions and lord god we're ready to rock we're ready to lock and load we need to get after this in the in the realm of the spirit but the righteous are bold as a lion father god i pray the church gets a revelation of these two scriptures number one we have power we have authority we have might number two we're not going to get hurt And number three I pray boldness over us, Father God, courage over us, Father God, fearlessness over us, Father. Just like David ran toward the bigger giant, he ran toward Goliath. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father God, that we would read these scriptures, we would teach these scriptures, we would get revelation of these scriptures, Father God. If we are not bold as lions, maybe then there's something wrong with us. Maybe we're not the righteous, because the righteous are bold as lions. That's what the Bible says, and the Bible doesn't lie. Let's look at another scripture, 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, talking to us, and you have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Okay, well, let's go to the Amplified Classic again to clear that up to find out who have we overcome. Little children, you are of God, you belong to God, and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater than he who is in the world. So look at this. If we're children of God, we belong to God. And because he who lives in you is greater, because Jesus Christ lives in me, then therefore I have already overcome the spiritual forces of the Antichrist. Can you see that? The victory that Christ fought has already given us a promise that we will not lose. And yet we've been hiding. But look at this stuff. Don't we know this? Can't we preach this stuff, man? Don't we believe it? What are we doing to combat the fear that has paralyzed our churches? These promises. I've got power. I've got might. I've got dominion. I'm not going to get hurt. Wow. I am to be bold as a lion because I'm righteous. I'm a child of God. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I have already got the victory promised because I have already defeated and overcome them because Christ lives in me. Proverbs twenty eight fourteen. This is important. You've already seen how much authority you have. You've already seen how much power you have. Let's go in and see what's going on. Those that forsake the law praise the wicked. those that forsake the law, who is supporting the lawbreakers? Who is supporting the move of Antichrist out there? It's the Democrats. It's the mayors of these cities. It's the media. It's the liberal media. It's the people that hate righteousness. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. That's the people we've got running the show. But such as keep the law, contend with them. I am a law-abiding citizen. I keep the law. I follow law and order. Well, I may have a little bit of wiggle room there on the speed limit. But basically, I don't rob, I don't steal, I don't cheat, I don't lie. And the Bible says that I am to contend with those that forsake the law. I am to contend with those that praise the wicked. And I've just shown you the weaponry we have, but we can't hide from the conflict. The point of that scripture is that we're to be out there engaging the enemy. All of this lawlessness that's in America right now, the church. Those who are law-abiding citizens, which should include the church, ought to be contending with Antifa. We ought to be contending with Black Lives Matter and the Democrats and the politicians who are promoting lawlessness. This is our assignment. That doesn't mean we pick up guns. I hope it doesn't come to that. And we defend our homes and stuff like that. You never know the way we're heading. But in the realm of the Spirit, we are the stronger entity. In the realm of the Spirit, we carry the name of Jesus in the realm of the Spirit, we have the blood of Jesus. In the realm of the Spirit, we've got angels. God shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against the stone. In the realm of the Spirit, we have the victory. Thanks be to God, who always causes us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, hallelujah, who gives us the victory. I mean, this is the role of the church in defense. This is the calling on the church in today's America. Daniel eleven thirty two. And such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he's talking about the Antichrist, and such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall the Antichrist corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Mm. So if we know our God, we are supposed to be strong and we are supposed to do exploits, great things tales of valor. That's who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, that particular promise is for the Jew during the tribulation period. And it has a double meaning going back to AD 70 when uh, Epiphanes was attacking Jerusalem. But that's for us. We take these promises and we start living them. The church needs a fresh vision of who we are in Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible says that uh, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that the earth is not worthy that our feet should walk upon it. That was written in the the faith chapter, the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, when God was talking about the people that died for their faith, that were sawn in half, that were persecuted in Nero's garden, that lost their loved ones, that were torn apart by beasts. I mean, these are the persecutions that we were facing our brothers and sisters 2000 years ago the least we can do is get out into the arena and fight the fight of faith and use our faith to do it. We are called to defend this nation. We are called to dominate sin. We are called to win in the realm of the spirit. We are to resist the devil. We are to rebuke evil and we are to respond when evil rears its ugly head. This is the anointing. This is why God has given us weaponry. We'll talk about this more uh, on the next session, but I just want to thank you so much for listening.